All right, Ryan, welcome to the Black Banner podcast. Um, I am excited to have you here. Uh, you have played a massive role in Black Banner's growth, in my own growth. Um, I don't know if you know how much like of an impact you've had. Uh, this space is kind of a byproduct of our conversation at Post Coffee in the Summit, like five months ago, six, seven months ago, however long ago that was. Um, and so I'm very excited to have you here. So thanks uh, for being here. Dude, thanks. That's uh, that in the words of Nicolas Cage, that's high praise. That's good. <laughs> that's, high, that's high praise, brother. I appreciate it, man. Yes. Uh, great to be here. Uh, super excited for you. Great to see where you are, and I and I know where you'll get to, and um, that's that's really encouraging for me. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah. So I want to kind of open up the floor to you to <coughs> give a quick snapshot of your life, um, of your upbringing. Kind of give the people the um, where you've been and like where you are now in business. Um, and you can kind of bring in 8183. Cool. Yeah. Um, I grew up in St. Louis. Um, born and raised. All my family's still there. I, I'm kind of. Not really the black sheep of the family, but as soon as I turned 18 and graduated high school, I was like, peace. <laughs> I, I'm out. I need to move. I, I'm just very driven and um, uh, and very independent. And so moved down to Joplin, Missouri, went to school. Um, long story short, met my wife down there. We got married when we were looking at a place to kind of settle and plant roots. Um, Kansas City came up because it's kind of in between St. Louis and Joplin, where she's from. And so we, we moved up here. A goal of mine was to um, have a full-time job coming out of college um, before I got up here, and I, and I did, and I had a job um, at a place doing production design. I, th I thought I was going to be a graphic designer, go into art direction. Um, what did you go to school for? Yeah, I went to school. That's a great question. Uh, I went to school for graphic communications, okay. um, which is graphic design, um, and, and I thought, okay, here we go. This is, this is my life, right? Like, mm -hmm. this, is what's, this is how it's going to play out. And um, <clears throat> during school, I should maybe hit on this for a hot moment. I had a, a great professor, um, and whenever we were working on our layouts for design, he would say, "Like, okay, don't don't go to the internet to s to snatch your images. Like, go to the art, go to the uh, the studio in our art department and shoot your own, um, and create your own photography for your layouts." And I mm. I was one. There was me and a, and a couple other students that um, a great friend of mine, um, Brian Fairbanks. Shout out to Brian. Shout out Brian. Um, thanks, Brian. Um, who is the corporate photographer for Burns and McDonald? He's a super solid, great guy. He's he's awesome, great friend. Um, he and I would just like be in, at the studio till one in the morning, just like shooting, like playing around, like shooting spec stuff, mm -hmm. learning, um, just diving headfirst. And I and I think that was a a catalyst in my growth with photography and and really just having the desire and drive to kind of learn as much as I could during that time. So. Um, fast forwarding, you know, I graduate college. Um, actually, this is great that I had already introduced Brian, but Brian was working at this place. Um, he got me kind of a foot in the door, and you know, here I am, like, all right, you know, graduating college, like, let's let's go. Like, here's yeah. this is my life starting. And um, <clears throat> I don't know if, if anybody remembers. I'm I'm a little older, but uh, 2008 May June was when kind of the housing recession hit. Well, I was literally the last person that company had hired, and I was one of the first in the first group of people to get let go because of some of the accounts they lost and just the economy tanking. And I remember having the feeling of like, well, what, what in the world do I do now? Like I'm, I'm screwed. I, I'm, I'm in big trouble. And, um, I had, uh, worked at a small, um, design shop in Joplin during, during school, doing design and photography. And there was a web designer who gave me uh, a photographer's phone number and was like, hey, when you, I know you're moving up to Kansas City. When you do, like, you should look up this guy. His name's Paul Versluis. He's a, he's a great photographer. 
And I, at the time, I was like, yeah, cool, thanks. Like, I remember saving his phone number in my phone. Um, but at the time, being like, I'm just doing this to be nice. Like, I'm mm -hmm. not, who, how am I going to, I'm not going to call this guy. Hmm. Well, I tell you, when, <laughs> when the rubber hits the road and you have nowhere else to turn, you'll exhaust all of your options to try to make something happen I if you're, you know, it goes back to me kind of being driven and independent and, and wanting to succeed or wanting to take that step forward. And I just got to a point where I, I was like, hey, I'm going to call this guy. And I did. And I left him a message. And I was like, hey, I'll, I'll I didn't it wasn't exactly these words, but basically the tone was I'll come clean your toilets. I'll, I'll do anything. I'll show you my portfolio like I'll, I'll assist. I'll retouch. Please take a look at me. Yeah. And um, two weeks later, he called me and was like, hey, I have, a, I have a wedding. Can you come assist me? And I was like, yes, please. Like, I would love to. And um, it was either that day or the next day that I met um, him at his studio and met Chad Hickman, who was my former business partner, who he and I started um, our, our business. Um, <clears throat> but I met both of them, showed him my portfolio, and instantly we all three kind of hit it off and started talking about, like, where I could maybe work or what w in what capacity I could work with them in and um and that's really where it started I I was very fortunate to get a a very great head start into I think the Kansas City industry with Paul Versluz he, he mm -hmm. was an incredible wedding photographer um Chad at the time was shooting his own weddings as well and assisting Paul and it was kind of Chad and Paul and I was kind of maybe that third amigo that kind of slid in and was doing some retouching and, and um, photo assisting for both of those guys. So that's that's really yeah. kind of where it started. Yeah. And then um, in 2010, Chad and I kind of spun off in, in a great way from Paul and started at the time was Blix Photography, which was just wedding and portrait uh, photography. And, and that was really like our, our initial stream of revenue that enabled us to work on building a commercial portfolio and that's and that's i don't want to i'll get on so many side tangents but really a, a really good bit of advice for um any any younger person that's coming out of school and that and if they want to be a commercial photographer it's like that's great <coughs> and i and i encourage the heck out of that but make sure you have some form of of revenue some stream of revenue that helps pay the bills and yeah. keeps your lights on um, while you're building your commercial portfolio, while you're building those relationships and getting your foot in the door, um, you know, with, with where you want to work. So um, Chad and I did that uh, for a, a, a long number of years, and we, we grounded out really hard. And if Chad were here, he would, <laughs> he would probably second uh, me in that and um, did a lot of great work together. Um, Chad and I built the foundation for the business that it is now. Um, it's all part of a longer story, which I might not have time to get into, but um, in 2016, we bought each other out. Mm -hmm. uh, we had both also been co-founders of a separate business that cool. he is now an owner of, um, or the owner of. Um, <coughs> and so since 2016, it's it, I've been the sole, uh, sole owner of 8183 Productions. So, Dude, yeah, that's amazing. But <laughs> there's, there's so much. Absolutely. <laughs> I know, and I just want to dive in. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. So remind let's me, go. the guy's name after college, you, you uh, Alec, Alex? Uh, you, uh, Paul. Paul. Way off. Paul, yeah. I was like, Alex is not the right name. <laughs> hey, shout, shout out to Paul. Paul versus. So, yeah. Paul, what, did, what was one of the things that Paul taught you early on that stuck with you to this day? Oh, man. So many things. Um, just, just watching Paul um, interact with people. And, and making people feel um, like they're instantly best friends within within the first five minutes of meeting somebody that mm -hmm. you're getting ready to photograph, like that those personal uh, interpersonal kind of relationship type skills, um, those were invaluable to see from Paul and to have that as a as a, a good example. Um, I, I would watch Paul 
be so nice, so bubbly. He'd meet somebody, and I and I, you could just tell like instantly that person felt like, oh, this we're like great friends, you know. Yeah. And and when you have that kind of um, ability with your with your personal relationship skills, um, you know, you're able to make somebody feel super comfortable in front of the camera, and that. Tr- that helps tremendously. It, it 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 translates across photographically, you know, and y- and you can tell um, somebody feels at ease. They feel comfortable. They're they're going to want to be in front of the camera. You know, you're instill as a photographer, you're instilling trust in in that subject, and um, that's that's really nice when you're when you're photo, especially if you're photographing like a portrait or or headshot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Is there like tangible ways that you have implemented that into your own practice? Like when you meet someone, like. <coughs> is there a way that you go about it and you you interact with that person? Yeah, yes, but that's also I I love I could deep dive real far on personalities because I'm so yep. fascinated by personalities and and each and every one of us are so unique in our personalities. And um I think some people are really <coughs> you know extroverted, they're 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 very bubbly, they're very personable, they they understand the verbal and nonverbal, you know, communication, uh, whether it be through body language or, or somebody just not saying anything and, and being able to have that ability to pick up or sense that. Um, I, I feel like I'm, I'm wired in that way. Um, I, I, you know, some people have to, I think, work really hard to kind of learn some of those techniques and, and, you know, make somebody feel really comfortable. But for me, it's just trying to find some common ground, right? Like you, you, you meet somebody, you look at them, you might you might see how they're dressed, what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of brands, you know, what kind of style. And for me, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, I think I see this about this person. Like, let me try to bring up a, a topic uh, in conversation that, that might be a common ground, right? Mm-hmm. Common denom- denominator that we can both be like, oh, yeah, cool. Did you did you see the Chiefs play on Sunday? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, let's, let's not talk about last week's game. But yeah, <laughs> we'll just ignore that. <laughs> let's let's look forward to the future but yes. you know think things like that and and it's you know if somebody came in wearing a chief's jersey you'd be like cool like i instantly know they're probably a fan and they probably know something about football and and that's a that's a common ground for you to talk about and that's i think that's a very tangible simple way to say like i know how to communicate with this person and make them feel comfortable and we can talk about something that we both have interest in and that kind of eases the tension right kind of kind of breaks the ice so I, I feel like I just I look for things like that and um, th- that's maybe that's one tangible way. No, I love that. <laughs> I, tangible way. I'm, I'm thinking back to the the first time we met at Post Coffee, um, and I don't know how much you remember of this. I remember it pretty clearly because it it shifted like my whole world. Um, oh. In, oh man! In a, in a conversation, <laughs> but I'm sitting here at Post editing a wedding, and I overhear behind me two guys at a table talking about their production companies and how. Uh, pretty much six. I'm gonna say uh, they were they were extremely excited about how much growth they've seen in yeah. the past like couple years. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Remember when we were doing ten thousand dollars shoots, twenty thousand dollars shoots, and it was awesome. Yeah. And now we're doing six figure shoots. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, who in the world is behind me <laughs> at Post Coffee? I couldn't believe. It. I was like, yeah, my ears were burning. Oh. So <clears> I, I love it. I love it, dude. That's I'm sitting great. here editing That's my little great. wedding, and I'm like trying to start my own little production company, and I hear that, and I'm like. I, I have to talk to these guys, <laughs> but I was so nervous because I, I mean, in case like creatively, like you guys could have looked at me and be like, no, like, no, whatever, like no. small guy, whatever, or just like shoot down the competition. No way. No way. Um, but when I introduced myself, you were the first one to be like, dude, that's amazing. Like, what's your website? Give yeah. me your number. Yeah. Like, let's meet up. Yeah. I was like, how are you? You're initiating this. <laughs> like, I, I know nothing. And you're trying to give me the secrets. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I was. <clears throat> 
um, one, extremely fortunate just to have that opportunity and you giving yeah. it to me. Oh, so thanks, super grateful for that. Thanks, brother. Um, one of the things I admire a lot about you, when we first met up, we got Chipotle, went to your studio. You're like, you got to come see, like, come to the studio. <laughs> I think that was <laughs> the only check out way. The space. I think that was the only way I could get your time. Yeah. And so and I was like, sorry. Well, it's all right. You're a busy guy, which is, that's another thing. If someone's looking to pick someone's brain uh, and they're busy and they have mm. things that they're working on, their time is very valuable. It's hard. Yeah. So if yeah. I can get, I got an hour and a half, I think, that first meeting with you. Yeah. And that was insane. A full hour and a half. Let's go. And when you sat hey. with me, you said, like, you put your phone off to the side and you're like, okay, I'm here. Like, I'm present with yeah. you. Yeah. The whole hour and a half, you were yep. like there yep. and listening, giving advice. Um, that's rare. I don't know many guys like that. 110%. There's so many. There's so many things I want to jump into and, and dumpster dive into. Um, well, let's start with like being confident in your own ability and how you're unique, right? Like goes back to what I was just saying about personalities, right? All of us are wired very differently um, mm -hmm. in how we see light. And, and as an image maker, whether it's photographer, director, DP, any sort of creative field, if you're a designer, illustrator, right? Like you're, you're going to see the world or nature or lines and shapes. Um, or <coughs> light and shadow um, differently than the next person. I, I, yeah. I love using this analogy, and I've used it with you before, which I only have like a handful of analogies, but I'll hopefully nobody that's listening to this, if there is somebody that's going to listen to this, hasn't heard this before. But yeah. if you set up two easels side by side with the same canvas, the same paint set of paintbrushes, the same set of paint, and you told two different people, even if they're side by side where they could see each other, like, hey, I want you to each paint me a picture of an apple uh, or a painting, not a picture, a pa painting of an apple, right? Like mm -hmm. they could watch each other paint, but they, those two paintings would look completely different, right? And so <coughs> I, at first, and, and a lot of people who know me probably can attest to this, but like at first early on in our career, like I was kind of like, uh, I don't want behind the scene photos. Like I don't want people to see like how yeah. I light things or how I shoot things because then they're going to see that and like, you know, I'll use the word copycat or steal, and that's that's a little bit of, of an aggressive word, but it, it's that that was a some some somewhat of a fear of mine, and it took me a while to realize, like, no, I'm I'm unique in how I see light and how I paint a picture or create an image um, with by painting with light, right? Like I I look at a three-dimensional object. You know, my, my world's like tabletop food and mm -hmm. beverage product, um, so I have a, a subject that's three-dimensional. Uh, hopefully it's three-dimensional, yes. um, that I'm trying to shoot. And I have to understand, like, I'm trying to light and shape that three-dimensional object for a two-dimensional representation, right? So I have to think about the surface quality, the texture of that subject or object or product or food, and I have to put light on it from different angles at the right angles to make sure that I define those areas so that when you look at it in its final form, which nowadays is on a screen, mm -hmm. again, two-dimensional representation, that image still looks three-dimensional. It has a lot of depth, and, and it reaches out, and it, and it jumps at your eyeballs, right? You're yeah. creating the most dynamic image that you can. So let's, let's tr let me try to circle this back. Um, when I met you, I, I, I'm, I'm at a point where I'm like, I am confident in what I do, right? I, but, and, and because of that, um, I can give back and I can share. I also have a passion for helping younger people learn and, and teaching, and hopefully I can do this for a long time with, with my business. Um, but eventually, like, I would love to give back and teach. Um, I taught four years of retouching at the Art Institutes International, which, <coughs> which is not the Kansas City Art Institute. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, it's, it, and, that, and, and unfortunately, or 
unfortunately that that school is not here in Kansas City anymore. Mm. Um, they got is a little bit of a hot mess there. Bummer. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but during that time, um, and this is also let's let's circle way back and say this was another stream of revenue my i had i have twins um and they were born in 2012 and i think i taught retouching from let's just say 2012 to 2014 or Mm -hmm. 13 to 15 somewhere in there um i i just needed a little extra money to help pay for my kids right like our business at the time um wasn't where it is right now and so that that just kind of goes back to like, hey, what are your alternate streams of revenue? So now let's let me try to jump back. But um, yeah, like you were adapting exactly to yeah. make sure that y- you could continue. You on. have to, you have to. I think in order to be a self-sustaining business, um, this is so, this is so much part of a longer conversation. But um, in order to be a self-sustaining business it, within commercial photography or in our industry, like you have to be willing to be in it for the long haul. Right. Like you got to yep. put you got to put the race blinders on and be like, I'm going to go long, hard and fast. And I'm in it for the for the, it's the long game. Right. Yep. Um, anyway, so retouching. Let me, let me get back on track. Yeah, yeah. Uh, retouching is uh, I really enjoyed giving back and seeing younger, younger kids, you know, learn. And, and really when I get really pumped and excited when I see somebody that wants to learn, because I think I'm the same way. I love learning. I love growing. And I'm constantly looking for ways to, to get better and mm-hmm. to take steps forward. And when I see that in somebody, I'm like, boom, I'm going to latch onto you and you're not getting rid of me. And I saw that in you. And, you know, like mm-hmm. the excitement, and that passion for you to, to come up to us and be like, OK, hey, like I remember like you turned around and you're like, yeah. I just got to ask, yeah. like, what, dude, bro, like, what's up? And I was like, let's go. Yeah. Like, let's that that's what it takes is that initiative to want to take those steps forward and to take a step of faith and, and maybe, or a, you know, a blind step and yeah. be like, I'm going to reach out, could turn into something, could be nothing. But if I don't try, yeah. I might kick myself later. Literally. Yeah. So, and I think even how you were talking <laughs> about <laughs> adapting so many things, dude. Oh, and we could go on and on. I, I want, I know. Uh, all, right, all right. I want to, but um, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, let's I, just, keep going. I know like with the adapting side of things, I've, I've seen you do it firsthand. And I think one yeah. of the big things you've done is you've separated yourself in Kansas City, I think pretty strategically. And yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of one, and, and, and the thing I'm thinking about is you have the only robot arm in KC, is that correct? Well, <coughs> it, is, it is not. So, f- and, and people that know me. Oh, are, um, didn't know this. Yes, RW2, they're, they're, they're a great production company. They do cool. great, great work. They, they own a Bolt, okay. which is um, different different brand of robots than what we have. Kay. But um, we, are, we are the two currently in Kansas City that, that own one. Which then that's that's limited supply. It is no, it's there. great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and and it's uh, hats off to them. Hopefully, it hats off to us too. Um, but yeah, I, I think strategically thinking of, you know, what are some of the the tools and toys that that I can add to our capabilities um, to to ultimately like offer those services to to clients here locally, regionally, and and nationally. And it's I'll, I'll say that's a big part of it too, right? Like. Thinking of ways to separate yourself from from your competition. Com- competition's great, so there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but um, I also have a strong interest in. I think for me personally, my my tabletop work invites like the robot, the motion control, and the Phantom that we own. Um, like it just. Those are the two toys that mm-hmm. make eye candy, right? Yeah. And I love making eye candy. I'm not. And, and again, so a lot of people know this about me, but I'm not the best conceptual thinker, right? Like I, that's not my that's not my strong suit. But 
you know, throw me in a, a dark room with like one light and I guarantee you I will come out with a great looking image. I, I love, excuse me, I love just understanding quality of light, understanding how to make a really pretty image and using really cool toys um, to create the most dynamic visual assets that, that I'm capable of. And I've, I've got some room to grow. We all have room to grow. Um, and, and hopefully I've, I've got some room to grow. No, that's awesome. I love it because we're throwing <laughs> out these terms and these names that yeah, your sorry. average person's going to be like, what is a phantom? Yeah. What is it? Why, why would you have a robot arm? What, what, why would you need that for video? And in your head, you're like, uh, you need it for everything. You need it's it for everything. It's it's hard not to want to use it for everything. Not every job calls for it. Like Correct. if you if you want like a very kind of you know steady cam or not steady cam, but like just kind of a shoulder rig, you know, mm -hmm. loose, a little bit of jiggle. Um, the robot's not going to be the tool for for that job. But um, for a lot of tabletop, for a lot of for doing really precise twists and turns and fast moves where yep. the focus has to be super precise yep. like you just can't do that or do those types of moves without motion control and and i I'd, I'd also like to hit on like a lot of the content that our eyes are bombarded with via our phones which our phones are over there it's probably a good thing so yep. I don't get distracted um all of that a lot of that content now is being made with with motion control mm -hmm. and the average person not that everyone is just average, but let, let's say the <laughs> the average person who's not in our industry, I'll say yeah. that, um, they might not be able to tell you why it looks really cool yes. or like, oh, wow, that they might not say like that camera move was sick, but we'll, we could look at it and be like, oh, yeah, that's motion control. Yep. Right. Like and if if here's my thing is like if things nationally are being shot and produced and created using motion control and I'm not willing to adapt to that technology, like I'm very quickly going to be left behind in the dust. And yep. so this, this, you know, s let's bring it back full circle. Like it's all part of, um, I think my personality and being driven and w you know, wanting to keep taking those steps forward and growing. And it's like, okay, cool. Like uh, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, we we love have you know cast I love casting vision for the business and and creating goals and dreams and it's like you know th what we say to each other is like okay what's the next step it's never like cool we're here let's let's go on vacation let's go on holiday for you know two months it's like what's the next step mm -hmm. like what are we gonna do next who you know do we are, who's the next hire what what area do we grow in do we do we do I need to do another spec shoot do we need to have our roster do another spec shoot like what what will help facilitate and continue that growth in order to get ultimately get better, right? Like mm -hmm. you, you want to keep growing. That's the thing about our industry. There's there's not a pinnacle point where you get to where you're like, all right, cool. Like I shot a, a really dope spot for Nike, so like now I can just like sit on my butt, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's I I oh I, w I desperately wish I could remember who said this, but um, I want to say it was a I don't want to say it if it was a boxer, but it's like, you know you. I'll credit this to, to Caleb, my executive producer. Um, I think he told me the story where it's like um, some boxer, let's just say a, a boxer said like, it's really hard to wake up at 6 a.m. when you're wearing when you're wearing silk pajamas, right? Like meaning mm. when you think you've got there, you have all this money like mm -hmm. you. It's easy to lose that drive. Yeah. Like, you know, just the grind of it, the grind, the grind, the grind with what we do. You're always chasing the next job. Which for me, like there is excitement in that chase. You know, it gives me something to to look forward to, to kind of work towards. Um, and then we get a job. Of course, I, I want to execute that job to the best of our ability. But then once that job's over, you're like, cool, what's next? Mm -hmm. You know. And so it's it is 
our industry is not for the faint of heart. I'll, I'll say that because um, if you're if you think you're going to arrive, you've only just begun. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that I, that, I think that's good advice. Uh, just <laughs> something oh. I've taken here oh. <laughs> is like, okay, now I, I you know, I, I got the studio, just renovated everything. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to get my feet under me with yeah. this place. Yeah. Uh, and now the the thought is like, oh, you can slow down, or now you can take a break. Um, that's like the Kobe Bryant quote where he's like, uh, rest at the end, not in the middle. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm at the beginning. Yeah. Not even at the middle. Whereas like, I've just begun. I've just started to try to get my name out, just starting yeah. to network. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. I'll, I'll tell you this, and this is just real, real life. Like, let's just get real. Cause, um, I, I took some time off in, Ju- in July, which is great. Um, it's been almost, uh, 13 years of uh, just really just hard grinding and you're you know nose down lace up the boots and just like go to work and you know wear 10 different hats because there's nobody else that that will or can not that not that I say will but um um I felt like I left my foot off off the gas pedal and I'm and to be honest like I f- I'm feeling that a little bit right now mm-hmm. you know like I'm like oh man like okay what can I be doing right now to con- to kind of continue, you know, some marketing initiatives or reaching out to people or like, I hate to say like cold emails mm-hmm. or just connecting with people. Like, and like I said, before this podcast started, I was like, man, I spent yesterday morning like updating in my website with new images that I've shot within the last, you know, six months, eight months, a year. And then I got on LinkedIn and was like, okay, who can I reach out to? Who are some brands that I want to shoot for? Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, hopefully that's like, hopefully that's really real first and it's not that i've arrived or Mm -hmm. i've made it i am i guess that's my point it's like i'm still 13 years in i'm still as hungry as i was um when i first started and and i and i want to have that same drive and that same energy and effort um and if i don't continue to do that Mm -hmm. who will yeah i love i i think a good question to ask here is is looking at the motivation and or the disciplines behind Ryan Hill and what you do and why you do it. Like, what is what motivates you? Why Ooh. do you keep pushing? Why okay. do you keep going? Oh man, this we're getting deep. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- that was great. That was good. Uh, that was like one of those times where you're like, I'm gonna laugh. I gotta hold it in. Yeah. Gotta, okay. No. Um, I'm I'm very, like I said, I I'll say this. So g- going back to personalities, um, some of the core motivators uh, for me are relationships and opportunity um and so and and i want i i genuinely feel like i want to do a good job for somebody i i am a i'm a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and that's anybody who knows me that's no shock right like no shock at all because if they if they ask ryan to do something um more like 10 times out of 10 i'll probably be like yeah i can do that sure i can do that you know and and i have a tendency to I want to make people happy. I want to please people. I want to do a good job. I want to be trustworthy. And I want somebody to say like, cool, hey, Ryan, like we're going to get you on this job. We trust you 100%. And, yep. and that, to me, like those are some of the best compliments that I think I c- I've ever received. It's where, where clients or art directors are like, yeah, cool, like I trust you. And, and like that's, that's very fulfilling for me. Um, it, it really is. But being motivated by relationships like I, I want to do a good job for somebody and I want that relationship to continue and I want it to be a two-way street and and I you know part of me understands too like being relationally driven like I might not make a hundred dollars on this job um maybe I'll make 80 using small numbers here yeah. <laughs> um but 
because maybe because I, d I did a solid or I did a favor and I, I was willing to make a little bit less money that might ensure that down the road that relationship might come back with an with another job and to me that's part of running a, a sustainable business right like you you want in some way in the best way you impossible like you want to know that there's revenue down the road that's going to come in the doors and that helps you plan strategically for hiring people for growing your business um you know we we crew up and we hire a lot of freelancers and sometimes um you know in in the freelance world you're only as good as your last job and and you're not ever sure when the phone's going to ring again and and quite frankly for me as a business owner it it there's that similar feeling where i'm like okay <laughs> i hope the phone's going to ring again i hope we get another email about a project and um you know it, it's it's somewhat scary but um yeah, motivators, uh, relationships, um, doing doing a good job, op the opportunity, um, trying to be a good person. All of it. I don't know. That's good. There's probably, I could probably go like way deeper, but no, that's all right. I like it. <laughs> okay. I mean, relationships as a good motivator. It um, is. It is. It is. So one of the questions I like to ask is uh, kind of talking about uh, failures and or uh, mistakes that came up that uh, you c you learned from. And I think being in the production world, uh, we talk about all these big terms and throw these big names around like yes. brands and stuff. Uh, if anyone actually, if you need to go look at Ryan's website to go see what we're talking about with the slow motion, the robot, all mm. of that, it's mm. 8183productions.com. Yep. Cool, yep. 8183productions.com. You go to their motion gallery. You'll see all the slow motion, all the good shots. That'll give you a picture of what Ryan does. It's fun. Uh, and then with that, like, in the production world or, or really in anything, what was the, the biggest mistake that you learned from or um, that you would say, like, hey, oh avoid this? Oh, boy. Well, I'm I, not going to lie. I was thinking about – I thought you might ask me this question, and I was thinking about it, but I wasn't thinking about it in terms of, like, my business. I was thinking about a, a specific life scenario that happened to me. That's totally fine. Okay. <laughs> I'll, try, I'll try to circle it back. Um before my wife and I got married, uh, when I was living in Joplin, I had an opportunity to go play drums for a band in, in Indianapolis. And Let's go. I know, I know. It's a oh, oh Lord, help me. Um, and and I thought, here's the deal. Like when I was in high school, like it was my dream to play for this band. And I was like, that's the only thing I want to do. That's the only thing I want to do. I've got to go do this. And the opportunity came. Like the door opened, and I was like, oh wow, okay, this is happening. And it was like, cool, if you want to do this, you have to move. And, you know, Courtney and I were just dating at the time, my wife. Um, so I was, you know, we talked and it was just like, hey, like, I th this is a good opportunity. Like, I, I want to try to, you know, explore this and, t and take this path. And um, I moved up to Indianapolis. And I'll just say, like, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, like, mm. sometimes when you fixate on a dream or an idea, you're like, man, if I can just get there, yep. my life's complete. Mm. You know, and sometimes when you get there you're you're let down you're disappointed because it it maybe it, it's not working out exactly how you hoped or it's not as glamorous as as you had, had thought it, it might be and long story short it's like my personality kind of clashed with the leader of the band and um and that and that wasn't maybe the best scenario and and honestly like i was oh gosh early early 20s and i was very immature still and, and i was very being independent i was a little hot-headed and um i don't like authority that much that's yeah. probably why i own my own business <laughs> and so i it just i found myself being like i i don't like this 
Well, it's not what I thought it was going to be. And, uh, of course, in with that, too, like, miss being with, at my time, my girlfriend. And so um, I, I moved up. I, I switched up my whole life and moved to Indianapolis for, like, three months and then moved back to Joplin and continued working and going to school. And, and that was, to me, and on the surface, I'll say this, on the surface, it was a failure. Looking back, though, like, musically, like, because I, I still play drums at church and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, looking back, I'm like, oh, I actually learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot. And I learned a lot about myself. And I learned a lot musically in terms of playing drums in a band. And um, what I'll say is, like, sometimes our biggest failures can teach us great lessons in life. And, and we can learn from those. And I think that's that's maybe the biggest thing that I'd love to talk to anybody about or, or encourage anybody is, like, don't be afraid to take that step or to, to go through that door. Um, if your heart's in the right place, if you have the best intentions um, and you're not trying to do it maliciously or, you know, out of spite or, you know, whatever, um, explore that opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, it's okay, right? It's totally fine. Maybe that was just a time in your life or a season in your life that you needed to learn something or learn a lesson. And so that was, that, that was probably like the biggest failure I've had in my personal life Anybody who knows me in, in the business world, like, there are times where I wish, like, oh, a, a shoot could have gone better or uh, production could have gone smoother or, like, the final images would have looked better. But I think if, you know, I keep going back to, like, if your heart's in the right place. That sounds so cheesy. But, like, I, my desire, I'll say this, my desire for any project that I work on is to try to do my best. And I want to do my best. And sometimes we do the best we can with the time that we have and the budget that that allows us to do that, right? So um, those are oh, – I got I to gotta hit on this for a, for a hot minute. Do it. So, okay, that's the hardest thing about what we do, right? Like you're limited um, by time and money, but creatively you still have to try to create the, the best images or the best, you know, mo- motion assets possible. Like when you're working with a client or a creative team, they're fixated on the creative, the visuals. But as as a director, DP, uh, or photographer, like you have to also answer to your producers who are focused on scheduling and time. And I've I've been on set so many times where uh, a producer has been like, "All right, dude, you've got two minutes, two minutes, and you got to get the shot. One minute, thirty seconds. We're moving on." And and the thing about what we do is it's a it's a performance based industry and you have to your personality has to be wired in such a way that when the stage curtains open and the lights turn on like you have to perform on command over and over and over again and that's the hardest thing to do is to continually give and give and give and give the best parts of you away and sometimes like you're like okay, but who's going to fill me back up, right? Like, how am I going to get filled back up? Because I'm, I'm giving everything that I have to all of my clients and, and all of this great work. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's maybe a topic for the next, the next, the next one, if, yeah. there, if there could be. But yeah. um, just, just the ability to perform on demand. Do you think demand. that's a, a character trait that you can grow in? Ooh. Or is that something you're just, like, Ooh. born with? That's a good because I mean, someone could be listening. They're like brand new in photography, brand new in videography. They're they're trying to figure out their own path, especially in the creative world. Yeah, no, that's that's such a a great question. I here here's what I'll say is, 
I, like I said earlier, I'm so fascinated by personalities and um, characteristics and, and people. And when I meet somebody, I try to, you know, like going back to that common ground, like I try to talk to them, listen to, to what they're saying or how they're saying it, how they're speaking, and, um, and try to learn about the personality. I think that, you know, we're all created differently. We're all wired a little bit differently. And, and while you can learn to be kind of that performance-based photographer or director who can perform in the spotlight under pressure. Um, while you can't learn to do that, I think there are some people that are just naturally wired to be really good at that. And, and I think to be the, not the most successful business owner in our industry, but the, to be the most successful director or photographer, it's the people that are highly creative, um, you know, using the right side of the brain, also very analytical or critical thinking using the left side of the brain they understand like hey i've got a practical approach to this um even though like i want to have my head in the clouds and create warm fuzzy feelings i also know we have like eight hours to get the these shots done so i, I mm -hmm. you know having that balance and then also um just being really good with the with the interpersonal skills and mm -hmm. I, I think some people are just have a slight level up or you know, a head start in that area based on how their personality is wired. So, mm. I'm I don't say that to say like, hey, let's let's toot the horn here. Mm -hmm. I just I the more the old <laughs> the older I get, I'm gonna be 41 next Monday. So yikes! Um, but the older that I get, the more I learn about myself, and it's like, okay, if I start to doubt myself, I can look back and look internally and try to kind of self-analyze and be like no, I am wired in this way, or I, f I feel like I'm good in these areas, and, and those are the things that I can kind of be confident in and, you know, rest in and um, hopefully use that to... Yeah, I totally agree. ...do, do good yeah, work. I don't... I think everything you said there was spot on. Um, the I, I like to look at it as a scenario, like in sports. You have your different athletes, mm -hmm. and they all play their different roles. Mm -hmm. And everyone in production, creative world, they all have their unique role, whether yeah. that's, like, the producer, the director, the photographer, yeah. the yeah. editor. yeah post-production, everything, there, there's different roles. Um, when I think you're starting out as a business owner, um, I think anyone can do it. Let me think on that. Yeah. I think anyone <laughs> can do it. It's yeah. Yes, uh, it's hard. Yes. Um, you have to be good at everything. You don't have to be great at everything. Yeah. And you don't have to be amazing at everything. Yeah. yeah. You just have to be good enough to get by. Yeah. To pass the test, basically. Yes. And so, like, I can go and play baseball, and I can play the first. I can play first base. Okay. I can play second. Yeah. I can go play outfield. Yeah. But I might be really talented at pitching. Yeah. But I'm not so great at catching. But I can catch a baseball. Right. So, like, I can still play that role. Yeah. Um. I and I also think you can grow in those roles. Oh so yeah. the more you practice oh yeah. these these skills, like editing or shooting. Like sometimes, yes, your eye adapts quicker. Yeah. Or you see an image and you're like, I know exactly how they lit this or how right. they edit right. this. Right. Um, and I think that just comes with time. It does. But I do think everyone, with the amount of effort put in, they could do just about anything yeah. they wanted. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I mentioned this to you um, last week when we met and we were talking about doing this. It's like, you know, I'll ask the, the, the hard question is like, how hard are you willing to work? You know, how hard are you willing to grind it out and spend, you know, if you're in school right now, like how much time are you willing to spend outside of the classroom and inside the classroom yep. to be the best that you possibly can when you're younger and in school? Um, that's a time in your life. It's a season of your life where y you have the most free time you'll ever have ever. I don't want that to be depressing, but yeah. like use that to your advantage 
and say like, cool, like I understand the season of life that I that I'm in. I'm I'm mature enough to understand where I'm at in life, and I am going to use this time outside of classroom wisely. And I'm not going to just you know do nothing or play video games. Like I'm going to work really hard to set myself apart from everybody else. Here's here's the other thing that's that's good to think about. Like there are so many people that own a camera, right? There's so many people that want to be a photographer. Yeah. There's so many people that like, oh, I, I went to film school. Like, I want to be a director. And it's like, okay, cool. Well, like, what are you doing to separate yourself from all of the other thousands of people that want to do the same thing? And yes. and that's the thing. You know, it's not, I don't want to draw a direct comparison to the NFL because that's not fair. But since we mentioned the Chiefs earlier, it's like it's the top 1% of <laughs> 1%. Like, I mean, it's the top, tippity-top of yeah. athletes that are – good enough to get to that level yeah. and it's not quite the same in in photography or, or you know being a director but there are a lot of similarities there where um there are a lot of brands there's a lot of ad agencies that need work there's a lot of companies but um you know it takes a long time to get to the top and and to get to a place where you're bidding on the six-figure jobs right mm -hmm. the big jobs and and that's maybe something i should say also to help encourage somebody is like you know be willing that's what's it's just you got to be willing to be in it for the long haul because you're not going to come out of school and instantly bid on you know a thirty thousand dollar job yeah you're not un unless you're so extremely talented or creative or some s have some crazy style mm -hmm. that nobody's seen before or that maybe you know somebody in ad agency but typically you're you're just not going to be at that level yeah. and so you got to just be how you know it's how hard are you willing to work yeah no, I think that that should be encouraging. Yeah. I don't think that's that yeah. should, I don't think that discourages people. Yeah. I think if it's starting to discourage you, you should be like, oh, well, I mean, you can look at it, look at yourself, evaluate. Yeah. But the, I mean, if you if you see the future and you look, okay, you know, here's my goals, here's where I'm at now, here's where I want to be. Yeah. The there's a lot of people that have done it before you. Oh yeah. Go talk to one of them. Oh, absolutely. Like ask, hey, how did you get to this point? Absolutely. And I know that was something we asked. Yeah. Or I talked yeah. to you in the yeah. beginning. You're like, hey, look, it's gonna take you a lot of years. And I was like, Ryan, uh, I already knew that. I'm <laughs> oh, that's ready good. to go. Hey, all right, let's uh, go. Let's and go. I mean, you just reinforced it. Uh, now, yes, I am definitely trying to. And I, one of the reasons I talked with you is I'm trying to navigate your 13 years of experience yeah. in maybe three, three. years, <laughs> if I can do that. Do it. You can do it. Uh, and I appreciate that. Hey, um, yeah, buddy. Instead of stumbling through all the roadblocks that you had, yeah. I mean, if you any of that advice will speed my process up. Yeah. Not that I don't have to learn those skills. Not yep. that I don't have to put in the work. Yep. yep. It's it's just how do we get to that end goal? Yeah. So um I would uh oh, there's so many things. But I would I would say this. Um I think I'm I'm a very practical person and that's yep. probably why I'm not the best conceptual thinker. Um I just I like to get things done. I, I like working with my hands, you know, if if something needs to be done, like I'm just like cool. Yeah, like I don't need to be told to do that. Like I'm just going to if this needs to be moved from here to here, I'm just going to do it. Yep. Um with with that and having a tangible practical approach, it's like I would encourage somebody and say, um, you know, the best, I think the best way to catalyst or, or catalyze um, your steps or your progress in this industry or to, or to kind of fast track it are shoot spec stuff, you know, find a, a local company or a local brand or a regional or national brand or company that you have an interest in. So let's, let's just throw this out there. If you had, 
um, an interest in outdoors, right? Hunting mm-hmm. or something like you would, you would probably, it would be beneficial to you to find an outdoor branded company to where you have some common ground, bringing that personal, you know, relationship skills back in and, um, to have some common ground to where you can reach out to them and be like, Hey, like I, I, I love hunting. I love your guys' product. Like I'm, I'm a photographer. I'd love, like, who could I talk to in order to maybe shoot some stuff on spec? And, and if you guys send me some product, I'll shoot it for free. Um, then you guys can use all the images, you know, you can have those digital assets to use and that'll be kind of a trade out scenario. And most of the time, if you find or talk to the right person, like they're, it's not, they have nothing to lose, right? And the only things to gain from potentially getting some content from you as a photographer or director. And that's one, that's just a very simple way to fast track, to get to where you want to go, to, to grow your portfolio, to grow your book, your reel, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, is to shoot spec, right? Yes. Get, get the reps in. Yeah. And then shoot another spec yeah. and then get more reps in and do it so many times that over the course of a year or two or three or five or, or 10, mm. you're like, cool, like throw me into, let's bring it back, right? Like throw me into a dark room with one light and a camera and mm. I will come out. I'll figure out a way to come out with a great image. Yep. And sometimes that confidence and experience or expertise, sometimes that only comes with experience. And I think that's why a lot of times in our industry, um, it's a lot of older people that, that they're the cream at the top. Mm-hmm. Not always, but yep. that experience, I think, in our industry is an invaluable. Is it's it, it is invaluable. Like just you mm-hmm. know, especially if you think about photography. Um, you know, in, in commercial photography, I always use strobes, and then I I would see somebody using hot lights or or you know continuous lighting, and I'd be like, why why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. And it, and it's not until I had a job like a lifestyle job where I'm like oh my gosh, that makes so much sense, right? Like with continuous lighting, I don't have to wait for packs to recycle. I don't, people aren't like being blinded. Mm-hmm. You can just have continuous light on and just shoot a lot looser or a lot more freely and bounce around and not have to wait for lights to recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, now with that, like as a photographer, like you have to talk to your DP or gaffer and be like, cool, I want these fixtures. Like this is how we're going to set it up. This is how I want to modify or to control it or shape it. And sometimes like, that just comes from experience or, Mm -hmm. or trial by fire or, or being on a set with somebody else, maybe being on set as a PA or camera PA or something, or as an assistant and seeing it done and then memorizing that or putting that in your, your, your toolbox of tools Mm -hmm. so that when your opportunity comes up, you're like, cool. Yeah. We did a job similar like this that I was on and this is how we lit it. And that, I think that's how I want to light this one, you know? And yes. That part right there oh. was, well, what you just said, because that, that ties everything back to spec. Yeah. All right. So if, if you don't yeah. know what spec work is, spec work is shooting something for free so that you, in hopes, can attract a client Absolutely. in such way. Absolutely. Uh, and shooting something like a spec shoot, whenever you talk to a client, they're always like, hey, show me something very similar to what I want. Yeah. So that oh. I then can, we can basically kind of recreate it. Oh, yeah. And it's never like, oh, no, I know I can shoot this for you, but you don't have it in your portfolio. I'm not going to hire you. That's So that's that's the very, very easy, tangible yeah, for someone that's like, why do I need to work for free? Absolutely. Why do I need to put in these hours? Yeah. yeah. Because the people that are going to pay you money, yeah, they have to see the work before. They do. And and here here is why. <laughs> I, have cr- I have cracked the code to the best of my ability. First, I'll say that that is, that is absolutely true. Like, we've had the wildest requests um, – Hey, there's this job like, 
We we want to see your portfolio of kids holding balloons, riding on elephants. And y- yeah, great. and you're like, that's, I kind of made that up, but you can imagine, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you're like, cool. Well, I've shot animals, I've shot kids, I've been on big productions. Like, I know what it takes to do that. Yeah. But how am I supposed to have a whole book full of that specific work? And I think a lot of times is when you have, um, you know, if it's direct to business or or sometimes an ad agency, when a creative team at an ad agency picks the director of photographer they want to work with, they will sometimes gather their portfolio, whether it be PDF or website or whatever. And sometimes they'll pass that along with like a treatment or an estimate. They'll pass that along to the client, right? Like, well, a client, like if you owned a circus company and you're like, cool, we only show, we need photos of kids on elephants holding balloons. Like you're going to want to find the best photographer that shoots that specific thing. And so that's part of it. The other, the other part of it is, is maybe that client represent representative isn't very visual. And so they have to see it to know that you can do it. And that, that's, it's, it really falls on our shoulders and puts a lot of pressure on us to, like you said, continually be doing book work until you get and it's not even until you have I continue to do book work it's it's so that I can continue to build my portfolio and have a very diverse book so that when I get a random request for hey have you shot you know drinks on on white like they're just gonna be cob I can be like yeah bro like I'll give you like 300 images of all these different drinks and all these different glasses and I and I got you covered you know so it's that goes back to like it's there's no pinnacle point, right? Mm. You're you're constantly driving, you're constantly grinding, and I'll say it again: how hard are you willing to work? You know, like yeah. that's it, that's it, that's a yeah. lot of it. Yeah, it's there's. Hey, I I think this has been very hopeful. <laughs> oh, I, feel like I hope so. If, if I was brand new coming out of this, I would want to sit down and hear this conversation. Yeah. Uh, because how often do you get to go talk to someone who is? I feel like dominating the space uh, in the production world. I appreciate that. Absolutely. I'm, I'm trying. There's a l- I'll say this. This Kansas City's got a lot of great talent. There's yes. a lot of great photographers. There's a lot of great directors, a lot of great DPs. Um, and it's. I feel very fortunate to be where we are um, and, and getting to do some of the work that we get to do. I feel, feel very thankful, very appreciative. And um, I'll touch on one thing, two things. Um, there, there's been a, a couple of older photographers, um, Ernie Block, David Morris, um, Ron Anderson, like those are guys who have helped pave the way for, I'll say, guys like me, girls, guys, gals, everybody that's in our industry. They, those guys specifically, like have been in Kansas City, and they were the commercial photographers in in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, and um, and did it at a very high level for a lot of great brands. And if it weren't for people like that there wouldn't be an industry for younger people like myself and you to, mm-hmm. to come into. So it's, I feel like, Hey man, if, if give respect where respect is due and it's into your competition too. Like if, if it's good work, Hey, you, you can't knock it. Like it's good work. It's good work. Yeah. If it's not good work, then, then you can, then you can critique it and you can say like, Oh, lighting wise, like that wasn't maybe as good as what I could do, you know? And mm-hmm. that, and that, that you have to have a little, a little bit of that competitive fire in you to, to yeah. want to do what we do. But um, last bit of advice for anybody younger who wants to get into this, like, like I said, the tangible steps um, to fast track it are shoot spec work, shoot it again, <laughs> shoot it again, do it again, get your reps in, mm-hmm. build your portfolio, shoot the type of stuff that you uh, shoot the type of projects or subject matter that those are the jobs that you want to attract, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you want to shoot outdoor stuff, well, that's what you should shoot for. 
and because that's going to attract that type of client or yep. industry. Um, also, reach out to production companies or photographers locally. Um, find somebody who you love their style of work. Um, you know, you look up to, like, reach out to them, send them an email, give them a phone call. Don't be afraid to make a phone call. It's so easy just to send an email and be like, cool, yeah, I sent an email. Well, but, like, some like for me, like I'm best one on one, and like like you said in the very beginning, like when you have me, I'm like cool, hundred ten percent. Yeah. But sometimes, like through an email, it's hard for me to sit down and write an email because like I, in those moments, like I want to give hundred ten percent effort to this email response, and I'm like I don't have time. But when I'm on the phone, it's like, oh man, yeah, you got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like okay, I'm t- uh, we're talking, mm-hmm. and you have hundred ten percent of my attention. So, not that I'm like everybody in our industry. But I have to imagine there's a lot of other directors and photographers that are like that, personality-wise, that it just might take, you know, somebody younger, like, just picking up the phone and, and willing to take that chance and take mm-hmm. that risk. And, um, you know, just keep keep doing it and, and reach out, build relationships, um, be in it for the long haul, have a stream of revenue, you know, that helps f- facilitate paying the bills, paying your rent, um, even if you're you know, working at what feels like might be a dead end job, at least you're making some money while you're building a commercial portfolio. And anytime anybody asks you, oh, hey, like, what do you do? You can be like, oh, I'm a commercial photographer. Oh, I'm, I'm a director. I'm working on my reel. Like I'm writing this. I'm scripting that. I'm, you know, doing this project. Don't be afraid to have a, a job that, that helps pay the bills until mm. until you get to a place where what you truly want to do, what your passion is, self-sustains, you know, in terms of revenue. So many things. Wow, that was good. There's, I, I want to keep talking, but I know we can't. I so know. we we definitely ah, went over on time, but I'm, I'm totally okay with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the amount of value that I believe that this this one conversation had, yeah. um, especially for anyone just starting out, yeah, like go that. check it out. So, yeah. Um, yeah. where can people find your stuff, and or how can they reach you? Yeah, um, you know, I, I uh, you guys eighty one eighty three productions dot com is our website. Um, you know, I've I've learned uh, I've learned a lot, a lot of things along the way, and it is still good to for me to have like a personal website to kind of have me personally branded as a photographer, tabletop director. So my personal website is ryanchill.com. So nice. for anybody who doesn't know, my middle name, my middle initial is C, and my last name is Hill. So ryanhill.com was already taken, so I, I, I couldn't get that one, but I thought ryanchill.com is still just as good. So um, people can reach out to me there, find me there. There's I try to post the most up-to-date work that I can. Sometimes we're, you know, we've shot jobs that are, we shot months ago that are still in retouching or in post-production or haven't been released yet. And we always let our clients release photos and assets first before we post. So sometimes it might feel like I'm not updating things, but that's just because like you're, you're working at high level projects um, that have way distant in the future deadlines and kind of media buys. And so it just takes time for me to post stuff like, like I just posted stuff yesterday that I had shot like a year ago. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, everyone's got to go check you out. Yeah. Go so check out the website. Yeah. The website, uh, Instagram, uh, productions. Um, just Google. <laughs> go Google it. Yeah. Ryan, I appreciate it. Thanks. Brother. Thank you so much yeah, for coming it. on. Also shout out to Ben in the back, Thanks, uh, working on the podcast. No one sees Ben's hard work in the back, Thanks. but we appreciate you. Yeah. Thanks producer Ben. All right, everyone. See y'all. Peace.